Ready? Set. Go. Those three words bring back bad memories for me. Because I hate running. No, I really don't like running. I really don't like it. But the problem is, is I live with runners. My husband's a runner. My children join the marathon club. And every single friend of mine in the neighborhood is a runner. They're all runners. And I can tell you, runners are a strange bunch. I say that because I love them. They're a strange bunch. Because you see, runners are always trying to get you to run with them. But somehow they forget that you're the one that's been listening to all the terrible things that have happened to them while they've been running. Oh, come on. Come run the Ragnar race with us. It's great. Uh, didn't you fall down at like 2 in the morning all by yourself and end up in the hospital the next day? Yeah, it was awesome. Come run with us. Uh, didn't you tell me that when you run long distances, your stomach like hates you? Yes, it's great. Come train for the Chicago Marathon with us. Last time you ran a marathon, didn't you tell me there was a part of your side that just kind of bled for three miles? Yeah, it was great. Come on, come run with us. You need to know how much I hate running. So you will be really impressed with me when I tell you that I actually ran a race. I, you, I ran and finished, well, I ran my very first and very last race. And it was called the Savage Race. Should have known by the name there was a red flag. If you don't know what the Savage Race is, it is a mile run with over 24 obstacles in the middle. I may look really athletic, but I am not. I am clumsy, and for some reason I said, yeah, let's do this. I said I would do it because of my community of friends. My husband, my friends, we all decided that this was going to be an experience together. We were going to train together and plan together and prepare together and travel together for this. We were going to meet once a week for our planning meetings and have this common thing together. One of our weekly planning meetings, we all came up with a pact. We had a little mantra, leave no one behind. One stops, we all stop. If one needs help, we all help. If one wins, we all win. Leave no one behind. This did not last long. We began to do our training. And all of a sudden, my friends, they're all running like three miles at once. And then six miles and then eight miles. And all of a sudden, I'm still on my Couch to 10K app, where I walk for three minutes, I run for four minutes, and I take a water break for five. <laughs> They're all off at the gym working out. They're doing these crunches and something called a burpee. Meanwhile, I'm at home trying to figure out, what am I going to eat today? One of our 
planning meetings closer to the race. A friend of mine, very good friend, I love her, she stood up and said, well, due to some training problems, it's a new day with a new mantra. We'll all start together, but everybody fend for yourself. I worked too hard for this to stop for anybody. Marion, I'll be at the finish line if you need me. A little later that day, sensing my concern, my sweet husband, he said, Marion, new mantra, leave no spouse behind. If you stop, I'm going to stop. If you need help, I'm going to help. This is supposed to be something fun that we do together. All right, leave no spouse behind. Day of the race comes, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of energy. There are a lot of people who do these things that are just as crazy as we are. And a lot of them have paint on their faces ready to go, and they wear the crazy socks, and they all have the matching tank tops. There's a lot of energy, and all of a sudden there's a stage with music, and people start to bunch up, and a man gets on the stage with a mic, and he says, are you ready? And everybody starts to get closer. I'm like, oh, what's happening? And then the guy goes, ready? And I realize what's happening. I'm like, no, no, not ready. Not ready. Have not been training properly. I'm not ready. No, thank you. Set. No, 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 I'm not set, not set, not set. So immediately I begin to try to back up. But have you ever seen where they put those in a horse race, where they put the horses in, and they drop the little metal gate in the back so they can't back up? I could feel the metal gate of people behind me. I can't back up. And all of a sudden, I realize there's only one way to get out of here. Go! Ready, set, go. That's our sermon series. Nancy Lane, our pastoral care pastor, she was here last week talking about getting ready. I'm Marianne Brown, your missions and service pastor, and I'm here to talk about getting set. Using athletic imagery to talk about our faith journey is historical. It's actually got a scriptural part to it. It is historically and scripturally significant. And the reason is, is because we are not the only culture that's competitive. Humans have always been, they are today, and they will always be competitive. So we will always have some race where we can all be competitive. The very first Olympic race was over 700 years before Jesus was even born. There was another race about 500 years before Jesus was born, and it was called the Isthmian Games. And the founder of the Isthmian Games happened to be the king of a place called Corinth. And so the people in Corinth... The Corinthians loved this Ismanian game. 
It was full of races for people to run and to box and to have music and poetry. And it all happened right near them. It was named for where the race and the games were, the Ismanian, Ismanian games. So it's only natural that hundreds of years later, when the Apostle Paul wanted to talk to the Corinthians, he did so referencing their favorite race. Paul was the leader of these early churches in the for the Corinthians, for the people of Corinth. And along the way, when the Corinthians would have questions for Paul, they would write him a letter. And then Paul would write a letter back. In our Bibles, we have two of those letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And Paul uses this athletic imagery in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's here on the screens to read. Do you not know that in a race, the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things, but they do it to receive a perishable wreath. At the time, that was actually wilted celery. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Paul is actually answering a question about what these people should eat or not eat. See, this group of friends who meet weekly are still trying to figure out how to train together and live together and be Christian people together. All of a sudden, this group of people, they're ready, but they're already in the go. Because that's the best part, isn't it? It's just going. We're always going. Everybody wants to go. That's sometimes where we are. Just go. Just do it. Just run. Go. But Paul is saying it's just important to stop and sit. Ask any good athlete, and they will tell you it's important to have focus. Getting set is the runner in the block with extreme focus. Getting set is the swimmer on the platform with intense concentration. Getting set is the dancer behind the curtain with commanding confidence. And Paul is saying, you must be set in your own race. You must know why you are following God so that you may push off, pull off, jump off, and move and make your own decision. 
Because if you know why you are following God, then you know whether or not you should eat it. You know whether or not you should drink it. You know whether or not you should take it. You know whether or not that's the decision you need to make. You are confident of who you are and what you believe. Paul's saying sometimes you just need that quiet moment to reset. Because sometimes running just to follow your friends may not be a great reason after all. <laughs> we came up to our first obstacle. It was this huge water tub. And in the water they had poured <laughs> tens of thousands pounds of ice. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I had nowhere else to go, but I had to jump in this horrible <laughs> ice water. And so I did. I jumped in. And all of a sudden, Nathan jumped in next to me. And both of us couldn't catch our breath. Your body is in shock when you do this. And all of a sudden, this person, I don't know who he was. He was a person. And he said, here's the deal. There's a wall in the middle of the tub. You've got to go all the way under, under the wall, and come back up. Oh, and um, once you go all the way down, if I think you're taking too long, I'm required by law to pull you back out. I'm in the go. <laughs> I'm in the go. So, okay, I go under and I find the edge of the wall and I throw myself under and I use it to push myself back out of the water and breathe. <sighs> and then I realize I got to get out. And so I'm trying to figure out how to get myself out of this water tub when all of a sudden my leave no spouse behind pops up out of nowhere, pushes me from the back and goes, go! And he starts to run without me to the next obstacle. It's okay to laugh. I love him. I was there staring at all my friends running and doing all these obstacles. And I asked myself, why in the world did I just do that? Why am I here? Uh, where's the nearest exit? It took me about 30 seconds. But then I started asking another set of questions. How did I just do that? What other skills am I hiding from myself? What else can I do? And all of a sudden, I started running, and I was happy about it. I started to smile, and I started to carry my logs, and I was climbing up those haystacks, and I caught up to every one of my friends. And together, we finished that race and crossed the finish line, and they were just as surprised as I was. My motivation totally changed. My energy completely changed. And all of a sudden, my race changed. My race changed in that moment. 
A lot of people say that I just had a false start. I would say I had a reset. Oh, her first year of college, yeah, it wasn't, that was just a false start. No. He just needs to refocus. Oh, that relationship, that was a false start. No. You just need to reprioritize. Oh, that thing, that's just a do-over. That was a false start. No. You just need to re-examine. Don't discount all that you've done. Just surprise yourself with what you can do next. This time of year, there's so many wonderful things happening in our lives. There are new babies. There are new opportunities. There are new families. There are new beginnings after graduation. There's always something new this time of year represents. And it's going to bring us great joy. But at times, those things are going to bring us grief and doubt and worry. And if we would dig down deep and find the God-given gifts we have, we can be the runner we're supposed to be. We cannot be the person that we think everybody needs us to be, and we can be running the race that God intends for us. And then that brings the joy, and that brings the excitement. Chapel Roswell, what are your gifts? What are those things that might surprise you? We've done great things together. But let's surprise each other and let's surprise our community with what we can do next. Will you run that race with me? It takes one athlete, just one, to change the entire faith community. There was a Summer Olympics in 2016. You may remember this. There were two distance runners, one from New Zealand named Nikki, and one from United States named Abby. And they were running their race together, and they only had four more laps to go. And they were doing what runners do in those last four miles, those four last laps. They were grouping together. All of a sudden, Nikki trips, and she falls right on her face. Abby was so close behind her that she tripped and landed on her side. Very quickly, Nikki went and she grabbed Abby and they popped back up and they just kept running. All of a sudden, it was very apparent that Abby was really hurt. And so Abby fell down on the racetrack. And Nikki saw it. And she stopped running. In a moment, she disqualified herself. And she turned around and she touched Abby on the shoulder picked her up and said, get up. We're going to finish this race today. 
Everything in one moment that they had worked for was absolutely gone. They finished dead last. And of course, that meant they could no longer run in the Olympics. However, due to a few protests from their team, due to protest of all the other competitors, they were allowed to race in the finals. The two of them also received um, a new award for Olympic spirit. In an interview, they were talking to Nikki about what she remembers the most from those Olympic games. And she said, you know, I don't really remember getting ready for them. And I really don't even remember running across the finish line. But I do remember getting to lift up Abby. Ready? Set? Amen. There are many different ways that God asks us to respond to the gifts that we've been given. And one of those gifts is through our financial giving, through our offering. If you look on the slide, you can see the different ways that we're asking you to be a part of the ministry of Chapel Roswell. This is part of our ask of your tithe, of your offering. You can do it on your phones very easily. If you're online, you can do it online on our computer, on the website. We also have these baskets that you can use on your way out, so please give. This morning, as a part of our response, we have a QR code for you to scan so that you can begin to think about the God-given talents and interests that you may have to serve within the walls and outside of the walls of the church. And so if you have your phone with you, pull out your phone. You can use the camera app. If you need to move around to get closer to it, you can do that too. All you have to do is scan that QR code and take that interest survey. And maybe by the end of the service, we'll have the results of this community of faith as we are meeting together weekly so that we can come up with who we are as Chapel Roswell. So whether you're in the pew or online, go to these websites, scan that QR code, and let's learn about each other.